Congregationalists turn to the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 5, on page 31. Question 12. Since then, by the righteous judgment of God, we deserve temporal and eternal punishment. Is there no way by which we may escape that punishment and be again received into favor? God will have his justice satisfied. Therefore, we must make this full satisfaction either by ourselves or by another. 13. Can we ourselves then make this satisfaction? By no means. But on the contrary, we daily increase our debt. 14. Can there be found anywhere one who is a mere creature able to satisfy for us? None. For first, God will not punish any other creature for this sin which man has committed. And further, no mere creature can sustain the burden of God's eternal wrath against sin so as to deliver others from it. 15. What sort of a mediator and deliverer then must we seek for? Answer, for one who is very man and perfectly righteous and yet more powerful than all creatures, that is one who is also very God. So far. Escaping punishment, but... That's the theme for tonight. Escaping punishment, yes, but... Four thoughts, but in a just way. Just. Secondly, but not by ourselves. And three, not by a mere creature. And fourth, but only by the mediator. Escape punishment, but. But in a just way, but not by ourselves, but not by a mere creature, but only by the mediator. Congregation, have you ever felt immersed in the sound and smell of nature? The smell of trees, the sound of creeks, and the overall feeling of joy and inner peace is an unforgettable experience. Our day-to-day lives usually involve the blaring sounds of cars, loud voices, and sometimes unpleasant environments in the modern world. Connecting with nature has a way of bringing peace amidst our busy lives. What do you think about that? Well, it's not my word. You heard that. Some people find peace in nature. Think of the New Age movement. Many think to meet God in the wilderness. The huge tall trees and the fern and the mosses and the lichen and the, 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 the noise is dampened. And I admit, in nature, we can see the hand of God 
and in nature you can be also receiving some time to relax. It might be healthy for us as well to be out there in the wilderness. It makes us feel humble and gives some peace, I understand. But can we find God in nature? Can we find God there? Can we have communion with him? Can we feel connected with our maker there? Well, God reveals himself in nature. No doubt about that. And the Apostle Paul writes about it, and we read about it also in Acts 17, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live, the Bible says. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain or so of your own prophets, poets have said. So yes, in nature we can feel connected with God. We feel something of the presence of the Lord. There's nothing wrong with that. But our young people know it, right? Let me also predict what I'm going to say now. But you cannot find the Lord Jesus there. The Lord Jesus does not reveal himself in nature. And so by nature you cannot be saved either. We are, not, we are inexcusable. We have no excuse if we don't serve the Lord because of nature. And yet we cannot be saved by nature. We need a Bible. We need to find the Lord Jesus in the Bible. We need a Savior to find the Savior for ourselves, for our own soul. Apostle Paul on Areopagus, on Mars Hill, spoke about that, about God being so close. He sought it out for the unknown God. He connected with the people as well. But then, a couple of verses later, he says, He has appointed, he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he has ordained. Whereof he has given assurance unto all men in that he has raised him from the dead. So he also speaks of the Lord Jesus. He speaks of the judge that is coming. It was the first time he talked to the people in Athens. First time he spoke about nature. First time he spoke about God's righteousness. In other words, we may feel close to God in nature, but we need to be reconciled to God. We need to have it restored, a relationship with him. We are condemnable people under the wrath of God. Yes, in a way, God is not far from us, but the God so close to us has been provoked to anger and will condemn us. We are not saved from our guilt. But we do not know, because nature tells us so. We read it in the Bible in the Word of God. So we have seen before that God is merciful and just, totally merciful and completely just. Why do we, know, why do we need to know that? Why are we so, so, going so deep in details about the Lord Jesus and the righteousness and the punishment and other options? Why so deep? So detailed? Well, we need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And in order to know him, we need to spell the Bible. 
We need to just hear what it says about us, about the problem, about sin, about the seriousness of it, about salvation in Christ. We all know that we need the true faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. We need to have the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But how can we get that faith? What is that faith? What is the believing in the Lord Jesus Christ that is highly esteeming him, that is treasuring him, that is loving him, needing him, being hungry for him? And how can we be hungry for him if we don't know anything about him? We don't even feel our need, really. So we need to know what's at stake. We need to know who the Lord Jesus is and why he qualifies. So we may trust him and believe in him and rely completely on him and have peace, the real peace. What the believing is, as you hope to see in the future, in the first place, we need to know him, to know him. How can we trust and treasure someone we do not know? But then the next question is how we can ever get to know Jesus. Not by thinking, not by imagining, not in nature. We can only know him personally when he meets with us. And we see him in the Bible. If we truly see him, then he reveals himself through the Holy Ghost. We then highly esteem him and treasure him. It's doing something to you. It creates awe and trust and love. So what does the Lord reveal himself? What does he reveal then of himself? Well, as we will see, he reveals how able he is to save, how able, how necessary it is, and also the quality of his work. So let us go to the first thought. Question 12. Since then, by the righteous judgment of God, we deserve temporal and eternal punishment. Is there no way by which we must escape that punishment? Be again received into favor. See, the love and the justice of God are equally important. Love and justice sound kind of opposites, but they are shown at the same time when the Lord Jesus died on the cross, right? See the Lord Jesus on the cross? That's God's love and God's justice. The love of giving him his only begotten son, and also let him to be crucified. There is also the justice of the Lord at the same time. Atonement was, in a way, not, nece- not, not necessary. The coming of the Lord Jesus was not a must, right? You also see in the Cancer Lord on page 97, the first one. As all men have sinned in Adam, lie under the curse, and are deserving of eternal death, God would have done no injustice by leaving them all to perish. 
and delivering them over to condemnation on account of sin, according to the words of the apostle, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. And verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. The Lord Jesus did not have to die. You say, what? I mean it. The Lord Jesus did not have to die. He has chosen to die. He had to die to save his people, yes, but he did not have to. He could also not save anyone. Was it right? God does not need to provide a possibility to, to escape. But in order to let sinners escape false satisfaction, needs to be made. Here are a few texts with the word possible in there. He went a little further, Lord Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it be possible, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. See? He sought himself. He felt it was impossible to pass him by. There was no other way. Oh, my Father, if it be possible. If it be possible. Apparently, it wasn't possible for Jesus to avoid the death of the cross. There was no other way than to die on, on the cross. The price needed to be paid for by us or by someone else. The Lord Jesus confirmed that also when he spoke to the two men of Emmaus. Again, that has to. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Don't you see that was an absolute necessity he had to in order to save his people? Ought not Christ to have suffered these things? There's no other way. Well, Hebrews 2.17, Therefore in all things it behooved him, same thing, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. It behooved him. And one more. Hebrews 10.4 For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sin. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book is written of me to do thy will, O God. See, the Lord Jesus did not have to save anyone. God did not have any obligation to do so. He chose to save the people, and for that reason, the Lord Jesus was necessary. But what type of Savior do we need? In order to value the Savior, to know him, we need to consider what we need of him. Is Jesus an example to us? Is he someone who conquers Satan for us? Is he someone who creates peace on earth? No, he is the deliverer. He is the savior. He saves from sin. 
and by absorbing the infinite wrath of God. That's all included. But the heart of it is salvation. We must realize that God will have his justice satisfied. Someone needs to pay. The age may have escaped. The answer is not no. Is it a way? The answer is not no. But it explains what's needed. Someone needs to pay. There is a way of escape. Yes, there's a desperate sinner. But we need him. If you are such a desperate sinner, you, you can be saved. You can be estranged from God completely. Although we deserve temporal and eternal punishment, we can again be received into favor. Not only to escape the punishment, also to receive the favor again, the smile of the Lord, so to speak. He can be forgiven. And it is not no, as we may not take it lightly. It seems that the instructor of the Heidelberg Catechism is reluctant to say yes, reluctant to say of course. He says, wait a moment, think about it. He says, you must realize that God will have his justice satisfied. Why is such an answer? Well, that is as a reason. Evan Mulkerken wrote also a book on the hybrid catechism, and he explains it very well. He says the question of 12, the, the, the question 12 is not an experiential question, but a theological question. What's the difference? It would be an experiential question. It would be just a, a, a sinner, right? Sin, under conviction, feeling kind of, I have sinned too much. Can I be saved? In desperation, in hunger, look for a solution. Oh, since then, by the righteous judgment of God, we deserve temporal eternal punishment. Oh, is there a way? Is there a way? Please let, tell me, is there a way? It's the experiential way. So then the p- person asking the question is a, convicted sinner under conviction of the Holy Spirit. But others say, no. This is the teacher asking. The teacher asking the catechism class students, what do you think? What do you think? Since by the righteous judgment of God they deserve temporal and eternal punishment, is there what do you think? Is there a way by which he must be, may, may escape? And then the student answers, God will have his justice set aside. Now, when you look at the previous questions, like, is not God also merciful? Or will God suffer such disobedience and rebellion to go unpunished? Some say those questions are from rebels. It's kind of inconsistent, isn't it? So, I'm convinced that in the first place, this is a theological question. And the teacher is asking the question from the students, and the students give the right answer, and they need to be trained to give the right answer. They need to realize what the theology of the Bible is. But I don't think we should discard the other option either. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's both, right? Also, the teacher had his mind, 
the situation of a child's Lord and the conviction with the same question. So we don't have to choose between one or the other. It's mainly a theological question, but also an experiential one. Anyway, a full payment needs to be made. We have our sins violated, God's justice. I did, you did as well. And sin violates the very nature of God. Every sin will be punished regardless. How can God not respect his own holiness? The wages of sin is death. He is an example for the young people. Dad comes home, tired after a long and busy day at work. The first thing he hears is two children fighting. He's so tired, he cannot deal with it right now. He just ignores it. He just lets him go, ignores it. He's too tired. That's so different from the Lord, right? The Lord is never tired, and the Lord always is alert and always is present and is always dealing with things, and there's no, no sin the Lord, there's no sin that escapes the Lord. He, he deals with it individually. Parents sometimes ignore sin, and they have no desire to talk about it. They're too tired, and they just let go. The Lord cannot do that. Every sin is properly and justly dealt with. Romans 3 verse 19. Now we know that what things suffered the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may be, may be guilty before God. Now I trust you agree with that. However, have you told the Lord this? Have you come to him in prayer and told him that you deserve death? And have you wholeheartedly agreed that full satisfaction needs to be made? Or are you asking the Lord to just forget your sins, to not deal with it, to just let go and to put it under the carpet, to ignore the sins is not the right thing to do. To ignore them, to pay no attention to them, is that what you're asking, Lord? We overlook sin. We just look the other way. We turn a blind eye to things. Can God do that? No. We can escape, but under the condition that the bill is paid. Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Is there a way by which we may escape that punishment? Be again received into favor? Yes, I can say yes, but a payment needs to be made. You have to keep that in mind. Also, when we talk about people from other beliefs, the Buddhists and Muslims, you have to explain to them to believe in a God who is gracious, but also righteous. Not only forgiving, he's also just. And therefore, a payment needs to be made by someone who qualifies 
And Muslims and Buddhists have no idea what it is about. So you have to explain it to them. But also our children need to know. Tell, tell the children about it at home. Don't let them, don't, don't let, 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 let the teachers talk to them. Talk to them yourself as a parent and tell them they need to pay. The Lord wants a payment to be made for every sin. And therefore the Lord Jesus had to come. But God is just. Let's go to the second thought. Not by ourselves. There's a savior, a mediator. We don't value him unless we have failed to help ourselves. Have you failed to help yourself? Is that not our very nature, to go to self-help? If you go to church twice Sunday, listen well, behave well, support the church, give for the mission, memorize some Bible text, can we not do something at least to please God and to pay a part of that just payment? Paul, the Paul tried that avenue, and he discovered on time that it did not work. You can read about that in Philippians. Philippians 3, a chapter I may recommend tonight. Philippians 3. If any man thinketh that he has, or if he might trust in the flesh, so thinks some, something about himself, how, he, how, how well he did, I more, Paul says, I more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal persecuting the church, touching righteousness, which is in the law blameless. Oh, he was blameless. He was so well-behaved, such a good person. But what things are gained to me, he thought the world of it was gained to him. But what things are gained to me, those I count loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss all things, and to count them but dung, that I may win Christ. See, all things he did. He was such a good person, so behaving well, such a Jew of the Jews, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, and he says, it was worthless. I could not, it could not help me at all. It left me alone. Have we come to the same conclusion? Have we tried to move the Lord? to please the Lord, to bribe him, promising to do your best, hoping that God will be satisfied. There is a way of escape, but not this one. It does not work. You cannot pay a dime for that. And we need to admit that. We need to see that. Otherwise, the Lord Jesus cannot possibly be precious to us. We need to lose our self-righteousnesses. We cannot help ourselves. 13. 
Can we ourselves then make this satisfaction? By no means, but on the contrary, we daily increase our debt. Suppose someone has a huge debt and can't pay anymore the interest and the capital cannot pay anymore. And he says, I will take out a loan to pay my loan. That's now, right? Make it only worse. That's what we're doing. We try to our best and just something extra for the Lord and we make it even worse. We can only make it worse that way. You see, the more we do to please the Lord, the more sin we do. You have to give up that. You can't do anything to solve the huge problem. The Lord is waiting for people to say, Lord, all my righteousnesses are as filthy rags. They, they don't help me. I give up. It's humbling to give up, I know, but let us not think so big of ourselves then and not so small of God. All we, all we do is polluted, broken, flawed, incom- incomplete. Habakkuk 1.13 Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil and canst not look on iniquity. We can't see it. But he cannot tolerate it. He must punish it. We cannot help ourselves. And I may already say we don't need to either. It's someone else. Someone else who can do it. One who has been appointed. In closing, the second thought, can we not pay a small percentage? By no means. We daily increase our debt. Not the peppercorn we can do. Someday, some say that in the New Testament, you can get grace for a little bit of your faith. With your faith you can pay. No. That's not, not a satisfaction either. Even a little faith can only make it worse. That will be a new law. So why are we emphasizing this? To show how much Christ did for the hopeless and guilty one, for the people unable to change their own hearts. We daily increase our death, and we need one who knew no sin. So let me ask, do you, do you, do you recognize this? Do you know about this? To give up about self, and to be a failure, a complete failure in the law of the Lord. And to admit it to the Lord, to wholeheartedly acknowledge it for the Lord. That's needed for salvation. Otherwise, Christ has no value. Brings to the third thought. Yes, we can escape, but not by a mere creature. We can escape the deserved punishment and we can again be received in God's favor. Yes, but think we cannot be helped by a creature, a mere creature. Someone who's just a creature and nothing else. No angel, no animal, no human, no Mary, no Peter. They cannot do anything for us. 
So you need to know that justice needs to be done. You cannot help yourself. And there's not, 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 not one other who can do it, who is only a human. More importantly, it does not make sense to let an animal die for a person. We have committed a sin. How could an animal sacrifice suffice? How can it be? We have sinned, not animals. Hebrews 9, verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered into once in the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption. The blood of goats and calves is not doing it by his own blood. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sin. Lots of blood was flowing in the Old Testament. Every day, lots of animals were killed. He did not do a thing. He didn't help at all. Isaiah 1 verse 11. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? Say the Lord. I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of, the fat of fat beasts, and I delight not. I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. No delight in it. I need something else. There is a way of escape but not bypassing justice, not by doing it yourself, not by relying on others. It is only one other way. There is a way to escape, yes, but not your father can help you, not your mother, not your pastor, not others. You cannot inherit money. Uh, you cannot not, not inherit salvation. You can inherit money and jewelry and real estate and farms, You cannot inherit salvation from your parents and beloved ones. And also, don't forget, the payment is huge. The punishment is heavy. It is a burden. No creature can possibly carry. See, that's what question 14 is about. Can there be found anywhere one who is a mere creature able to satisfy for us? None. For first God will not punish any other creature for the sin which man has committed. And further, no mere creature can sustain the burden of God's eternal wrath against sin so as to deliver others from it. He cannot. Because God is infinite. Therefore, sin against God creates infinite wrath, infinite anger of the Lord. That infinite anger cannot be absorbed by, by human. Human does not exist anymore. Cannot carry that. Are you convinced that we can escape punishment? I hope you are. But give up on God violating his own justice. Give up on yourself. Give up on other people and other ways. Our instructor wants us to understand that. Others may agree. Others may have some insight. But it's urgent that you understand it and that it makes sense to you. 
If you don't care about this doctrine, you cannot, you cannot believe. You, can, you cannot be saved. You need to know that for yourself. Believing is not only knowing, but it's, it's part of it. Therefore, meditate upon it. And ask the children, and, and reason in this, in this way, and explain to them that, yes, there is a Savior, but he had, he had to be God. And he had to be human as well. And he had to be just also. Brings to the forethought. The congregation are different, si- different types of creeds. Some the state, the theology, like the Belgian Confession. But in catechisms, the questions and answers makes it easy for the young people to relate to that and to understand it. So imagine a class in the 1600s or so, during the time of Calvin, and the teacher asking the question, and the students answering them because they had memorized the answer. And the question was, young people, since then, but the righteous judgment of God, we, not I, we, we deserve temporal and eternal punishment. Is there no way, young people, is there no way by which we may escape that punishment and be again received into favor? And then someone got to his turn and he answered, God will have his justice set aside, reverend, elder, and therefore we must make full satisfaction either ourselves or by another. What an excellent answer for, for, of such a young person. And the teacher goes on and says, can we ourselves then make the satisfaction? And he looks at the young people in front of him. One of them is lifting up his arm and says, I know the answer. By no means. On the contrary, we daily increase our death. Good answer, right? And also the other questions. Can we find anywhere one who is a mere creature able to satisfy for us the teaching has for us? None, a girl says, none. For first, God will not punish any other creature, pastor. No, he won't do that. For the sin which man has committed, and further, I know, I've, taught, I've been taught, no mere creature can sustain the burden of God's eternal wrath against sin so as to deliver others from it. And then that fourth question. The teacher asking, right? Wondering what they, what they know now. What sort, do you think, young people, what sort of mediator and deliverer then must he seek for? One is raising his hand. The teacher says, your turn. And he says, for one who is very man, very man, and perfectly righteous as well, and yet more powerful than all the creatures, this one who is also very God. It's important our young people know those things, that they know to answer those things. And it's important to all of us, because this is not only theology, in the first place theology, but also very experiential. The Savior needs to be human. You know, this is 
the first Lord's Day of the second part, right? Called the second part of man's deliverance. Man's deliverance. What the, the title on top of Lord's Day 5 of man's deliverance. Man, people can be delivered. Why can devils not be delivered? Why can devils not be forgiven? Could God have chosen to forgive devils as well and not us? I think so. God could have done that. But he has chosen. He's chosen with free choice. He's chosen to save people from their sins. Although they have provoked God to anger, it's yet a way of deliverance. As they said, it's a precise way, not just many ways, it's only all way, but it's a real way. One who is very man. It's not, not difficult to find someone who is a man, right? You can find some, there are lots of people, lots of men, a person. You know, to find a man who is perfectly righteous and never sins, has never sinned before, knew no sin. Find a man who has no sin and can also say something to God and defend us in court and be our substitute and our Adam, our representative in the covenant. Find someone with no sin, a real human with no sin. Not only that, he also needs to be more powerful than all creatures. That is one who is also very God. To find someone who is man and perfect and God. Not kind of mixed, but separate. He's completely real man. And true God. Not blended not half God, half man, not the body being human and the soul divine. No. Even the soul is human. The nature is divine. A real human. That is what's needed. So, we are humans, right? That's why we need a human. Yet the mediator needs to be very God. Why do you know children? If I would ask you at catechism class or in school or now, if I could ask you a mediator, what type of mediator do you need? Could you come with the three points? Could you say at home tonight to that, I know the three points of the mediator. He needs to be man, he needs to be perfect, and he needs to be God. And then you have an idea of who the Lord Jesus is, the mediator. Because the mediator had to be like that. He had to be, he had to be a real man and really perfect and really God. Why does he need to be God? Why, why that? Well, let me talk about the punishment so infinitely heavy. How could a man, if the Lord Jesus would be only man, how could he kill that? Impossible. He would succumb. He would not be there anymore. 
But he, he, he needed that divine nature to, to, to lift it, to carry it, to finish it, to finish the work, to take sins away, to suffer for it to the last drop. More powerful than all creatures. So do you see the gospel here already? I'm a present and the mediator, the Lord Jesus. I see him here. What sort of mediator and deliverer that must you see for? I see the Lord Jesus. And he, he, he is the very man. He was born in Bethlehem, and he took upon himself the human nature from, from Mary. And he was not different than other people, except he had no sin. So, the Lord Jesus is revealing, is revealing himself here. He is also very God. Since eternity, the second person in his divinity is son from eternity. He was born in Bethlehem, and that was combined. Not mixed, not blended, but yet combined. Now, have you heard of Jean de Labadie? Probably not. He's also a Dutch theologian of the Second Reformation, went a few steps too far. We'll just explain to you what he said. He said, referring to this portion of the hybrid catechism, he said, God's people agree with their condemnation. And so far it has to go that you agree with your, your condemnation. The Lord says, I condemn you. You say, Lord, I don't only deserve it, do it. That's too far. How can God's child say, do it? Throw me in hell. How can he do that? That is absolutely unbiblical. But what is biblical is to say, I'm worthy of it. If thou would do it, I can't comment on it. I, I have no rights. The Lord is righteous. He could do so. He could do so, but please don't do it. Is it not selfish then? Not selfish to say, don't do it, Lord. May I please escape, Lord. Is it not selfish? Yes. So what? Are we not born that way? May we not take care of ourselves? Have we not a soul for eternity? The Lord will not blame you for taking care of your body. And the Lord will not blame you for taking care of your soul. So therefore you may say, Lord, is there a way to escape not only for us, also for me, personally? But again, to find the Lord Jesus, you find him in those things. You find him in the Bible. You find him in slowly discovering those details. That justice needs to be done. That you cannot help yourself. That nobody else can assist you. And that you need someone with a human nature, perfectly righteous, 
and the divine nature. And then slowly the tulip opens. Slowly the flower reveals itself. Maybe they begin to see it in, in, in a clear way who the Lord Jesus is. In closing, enjoy nature. Enjoy it. You go for a walk or a hike in the mountains. You see the bark of the, of the trees and it's so tall and the light kind of filtering through. It's, it's beautiful. And I would say, sit down or stand still and look around you and see something of God's creation and feel the moss and feel the lichen on the, on the branches. Say, Lord, that has the, that made it all. So feel close to God, fine. Don't be an atheist. But it does not save you. You need someone to pay for you. You need someone who pays the price by suffering in his human nature. Because if he would not have a human nature, he could not suffer, and he could not do it for humans either. Oh, see the Lord Jesus revealing himself already a little bit. Maybe he does not, not go quick. Maybe you're surprised by the answer. God will have his justice set aside. But I have explained that answer, right? That is, in the first place, a theological question that is answered by young people who had studied something of the theology. At the same time, you also must admit that some people go very fast, very fast in believing Jesus. And they don't even know who he is. They believe in Jesus and there's a kind of a guru and they, they talk about him and they trust him and they don't even know what, what he came for. Yeah, okay, he came to, to, to forgive my sins. But you need to know that he was asked to satisfy God's justice. You need to know that nobody else can help. You need to know that you fail yourself. You need to know that he's the only way. You need to know that he had to be this way, this way in his natures and also in his perfection. So enjoy nature. Feel close to God. But you need the Lord Jesus. And he is revealed in the Bible. Revealed in the Bible and also summarized, the Bible summarized in the hybrid catechism. So, congregation, be after that you go. Seek the Lord and his strength. But be convinced that whatever you did in your life, whatever you are feel guilty for, this mediator is standing between the sinner and the Lord, and he desires to be your mediator as well. He invites you that he mediates, but not mediates in the sense of that he negotiates. Mediators often negotiate, right? But this mediator is paying the price himself. A very unique mediator. He says, don't have to talk. Just confess all your sins, and I will do the work by grace only. Amen.